0: Listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Uh, We're going to be jumping into the uh, fifth, sixth, fifth week, fifth week of our series. We're going to go with five. The fifth week of our series, Mind Monsters. And uh, have you guys been enjoying the series thus far? It's been, I've been enjoying it. And basically, the premise is if you're just joining us today, uh, the premise of our series is this idea that. There's sometimes we have emotions that try to take control of us. And uh, we do a great job, at least I do a great job, trying to monitor my behavior. But sometimes it just pops up, like anger. Nick talked about anger last week, envy. Uh, And so Jesus, he he gave these amazing words uh, found in Matthew chapter 15, verse 17. If you don't have your Bible, they got it up there for you. We got your back here. Uh, and this is Jesus. He, he, he's explaining to the people that, that monitoring our behavior may not be the best thing for us. He's saying that there might be a better way. So check this out. This is Jesus, verse 16 of chapter 15 in the book of Matthew. Don't you understand yet, Jesus asked. Anything you eat passes <laughs> passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. Hello, Jesus. I'll drink to that. Verse 18, but the words you speak come from the heart. And that's what defiles you. So right there, Jesus, he's changing he's changing the mindset of, of those emotions of anger. Um, when we say things or do things that are full of anger, he, he's changing this idea that, that those emotions comes from the heart that you and I, like, we got to learn to monitor our heart because that's where everything comes from. He goes on to say in verse 19, for from the heart comes evil thoughts of murder, thoughts of adultery, thoughts of sexual immorality, thoughts of theft and lying and slander. And so what we've been doing for the past few weeks has been looking at different emotions that try to control us and 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 really learn how we can identify those things and then also address those. And so, this morning we are I'm going again with week five. Next week we're going to conclude. Um, Mind mantras and on the 20th we have we're going to start off with a standalone message that I think you guys are going to be excited for. And so, um, so yeah, let's pray and then we will we'll jump into. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for this opportunity that we already had. Uh, just to come here and to worship you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for I want to thank you personally, God, for each person that serves in this house. God, that 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 sets their time aside to come and, and to create an environment where people can come experience your love and experience your hope. And so, God, I thank you for them, Father. I thank you for this message today. God, I pray that the seeds that come forth that it, that it will fall on good ground, that it would produce a harvest. God, uh, no one in this room has an hour and ten minutes to waste. And so we ask that the next moments that we have together, that you would speak to our hearts. That we would leave change, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. We love you so much. And in Jesus' name. Come on, everyone said, amen. 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 Awesome. Thank you. Ula. Don't you guys love it when you try something for the first time and you succeed? Isn't that just the best feeling ever? But then on the flip side, there's if you try something for the first time ever and then you fail. Have you guys ever done that? I've done that. Uh, My son, I'm I'm one of those people that, like, if there's a way that I can figure out how to do something for less, I'm going to try to figure it out. Right? Thank God for Google. Thank God for YouTube. It's just, it is what it is. And so my son... This was about a year, year and a half ago. My son needed a haircut very bad. And uh, I just, there's something about paying $25 for someone to cut your hair that it just, it's hard for me to just comprehend and to to really get. And so my son needed a haircut and I was like, Eli, I will cut your hair for you. And uh, he's like, okay, sure, dad, I trust. So so we get, yeah, so we get him, I get him to uh, the restroom and. And, or the bathroom, excuse me, I got my clippers, and, and I start to just, you know, buzz his head. Thank you. I, I start buzzing the sides of it, and uh, he's like, Dad, could, can you be more gentle? I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I didn't say that. We don't, we don't say that to our kids in Sonoma County. And so, like, I'm, I'm buzzing uh, his, and then I'm just like, there, there comes a time when you start doing something, and then you just start getting too confident in yourself. And I started getting really confident in my clipper flicking. And I'm just like, I'm just, I, I stop like really focusing what I'm doing. And I just start going at it. And before I know it, I'm not paying attention. And I nick his ear. Whoa, judging. Just kidding. I nick his ear and it starts bleeding And he starts screaming, you cut me, you hate me. Like he's just, he's freaking out. And then I start freaking out. Don't tell your mom, don't tell, like it's just, it's bad. Like in that moment, I caused fear in my son's eyes, fear in my (laughs) eyes, and he's bleeding, and we patch it up, and Fast forward a couple months, his hair grows out again. And I'm like, Eli, I'm going to cut your hair again. And he's like, no. Like he starts getting a little anxious. And no, you're not cutting my. And I, I, I had to hold him down one time. Be like, Eli, no, no. You're- no, you're going to cut my ear. And he, he began to become anxious because of something that happened to him in the past. Like a fear That happened to him in the past. He became anxious about what could potentially take place in the future. And I began thinking about that. I began thinking about how how he was fearful and how that fear began to build anxiety inside of him. Anxiety about something that hasn't even happened yet. But anxiety because of something that happened in the past. And really, I'll tell you this story because I think this is a perfect example about the mind monsters that we're going to be talking about today. In fact, the mind monsters in which we're going to be discussing today, they're they're actually like fraternal twins. They're not identical twins. They're like fraternal. So they don't look alike, but they, they kind of have the same vibe going on. And this morning, the monsters that I want to talk to you, the fraternal monsters that I want to talk to you about, is the monster of fear and the monster of anxiety. So that we're all on the same page, uh, here, here the definition of fear. Fear is the response to a perceived imminent threat. So fear is, uh, is this thing when, when, when you respond to something that is tangibly, physically in front of you. Like you actually see it, like you've experienced it. That's fear. Here's the definition for anxiety: a response to an anticipated future threat. So fear is something that you see that you're like, man, I'm gonna. I've experienced this. It's, I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm responding to something that is tangible. Where anxiety is responding to a unforeseen. It hasn't happened yet, but you're still getting anxious about it. Now, I don't know if this relates to anyone in the room this morning. I know sure in heck it relates to me, this idea of being fearful and having anxiety. And so what I want us to look at is how fear can cause anxiety. And if you're not careful, that anxiousness can prevent you from experiencing all that God has for you in the future. And so we actually see this amazing story uh, found in the Gospel of Mark. We actually see it in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, John, and Mark. But we see this very idea of of anxiety almost prevent Jesus' disciples from experiencing what Jesus had for their life. And so if you, we're gonna be in in Mark chapter, Mark chapter 6, Mark chapter 6, and verse 45, and I love this. It says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. Now it's very easy if we just read verse 45 to to just bypass and skim through what this text is saying right here. But, but I want us to like to take a little break and just to, to look what it says. It says that Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. We read it in the Gospel of Matthew and John. It says all three accounts says that Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. It's as almost as if these disciples were anxious about getting onto the boat because of something that happened the previous time that they got on a boat. And here's what I mean, if we rewind a couple chapters, Matthew or excuse me Mark chapter 4, it's their first encounter, their first experience on a boat with Jesus. And if you're unfamiliar with the story, it doesn't go as planned. They get on the boat. This is Mark chapter 4. They get on the boat. It's calm. They're chilling on the yacht of Jesus, right? Like it's, and all of a sudden, the wind started picking up. All of a sudden, it started raining. That's weak rain. (laughs) My worship director laughed, and I did that. Thanks, Julia. Um, so the wind's picking up. The rain is pouring. The boat starts rocking. And they're like, ah, we're going to die. We're going to die. And then I, one of them, they, they're like, where's Jesus at? Another disciple's like, he's on the bottom of the boat sleeping. They're like, What? So they go down to the bottom of the boat. They're like, Jesus, wake up. He wakes up. Jesus wakes up. And you can read this in the text, Mark chapter 4. They're like, don't you care about us, Jesus? You're sleeping and we're about to die. Don't you care? And uh, Jesus, he's like, chill. He gets up, goes to the top of the boat. He looks over. To where the storm is, and the rain, and the thunder, and the lightning. And the text says that Jesus said, storm, be still. Wind, be still. And all of a sudden, (laughs) blue sky smiling at me. Right? Like, all of a sudden, the sun came out. The birds were chirping. And the text says in Mark chapter 4, it says that the disciples were in awe. In that moment, when they saw what Jesus did, they said to themselves, this guy is amazing. That's chapter four. Fast forward back to chapter six of Mark, where we started off. Mark six, verse 45, it says that Jesus made them get into the boat. Could I propose to you this morning that the reason why Jesus had to make them get onto the boat is because they remember the last time Jesus had them on the boat in chapter 4. Jesus is like, hey guys, let's go on the boat. They're like, ah, hey, I remember last time, Jesus, and I think we're cool right here. Last time you told us to get on the boat, Jesus, you actually took a a nap and you left us in the storm. We're fine chilling right here. You can go on your boat, Jesus. But what I want you to see is that there was something that Jesus needed the disciples to do that was on the other side. And so Jesus made them get onto the boat. See, I wonder if, because of the moment of fear that they had in the past, they begin to get anxious about something that didn't even happen yet. But because they feared, because they experienced something in the past, it caused anxiety for whatever God had for them in the future. And so I wonder this morning how many of us, because of a fearful moment that we've had in the past, has caused anxiety for things that God wants us to do in the future, but it's holding us back from ever stepping into the boat. So this morning what I want us to do is, is I want us to look at four things for you and I to remember when we're faced with fear and anxiety. Now, I do want to preface with this, because we live in a, just a sinful world, a broken world, thank you Adam and Eve, right, like, (laughs) because we live in a broken time, we're always going to be bombarded, and we're always going to have, we're always going to face fear, okay, but we have a choice of how we want to respond to the fear. And so that's what I want us to look at this morning. Just four things that you and I, that we can remember when this ugly fraternal twins pop up and are like, I'm fearing, I'm anxiety, right? Like, So we can be like, chill, like, chill. Got this under control. Okay, so four things. If you're a note taker, this will be in your notes. If you're not a note taker, well, we'll pray for you. Um, And so four things to remember, number one, is we pull from the past. We pull from the past. We pull from the past. So Jesus, he's making them get into the boat. And it's very interesting to me that the disciples, they remembered more so about how the storm almost killed them rather than how Jesus saved them. I think it's very, very dangerous for us to not remember and reflect about everything that God has done for us in the past. Because we are going to need what happened to us in the past to draw strength on it to get us to the future. And, and, and so, so the disciples, rather than, rather than seeing the beauty of the Savior, they, they became... They became fearful of the storm, and so you and I—we have this option. We we got to decide: Are we going to focus on the storm that happened in the past, or the Savior that saved us in the storm, in the past? It's it's our decision. When fear strikes up, when it when we become anxious about what God want, where God wants to take us next, we got to we got to remember. Listen, I don't know what. What you are personally going through this morning. I don't know, I don't know your story. I don't know, I, I, I just I don't know what you're going through, but I do know this: that you are going to need you are going to need what God did to you in the past to remind you that if He got me out from it from the past then he'll get me through it now. And if he got me through it now, he'll get me through it tomorrow. And if he got me through it tomorrow, he'll get me through it next month. And if he got, we got to pull through those things. Listen, I don't know why bad things happen. I don't get that. Like, I don't understand why bad things happen to you and why bad things happen to me. But I do understand that we can use what the enemy tried to use as evil. And we can use it for good. We can, we can remember that the faithfulness that God had brought us up into this point. Listen, we got, we got a pull from the past. I'll drink to that. We got a pull from the past. We got a pull from the past. Watch this. Uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 47. It says, later that night the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone. He being Jesus was alone on land. Okay, so last time Jesus was in the boat, this time Jesus is not even in the boat, okay? Verse 48, he saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them, can we say, again. So they're on the boat, and they're like, okay, cool, Jesus, he's not here with us this time. And then all of a sudden, oh, God, it's happening again. The rain, stop. The wind and the rain and they're like, oh my gosh, it's, it's happening yet again. We told Jesus, where is he at? I'd imagine Peter, I love reading texts and just like thinking if I was in that situation, like what would I do and Imagine Peter, he's he's like, oh, here it goes again. Right? Like, where are you at, Jesus? I need a hero. I'm holding up for a hero to the end. Right, like, where are you at? I need you. And the storms happen. Here's the second thing to remember. The first one we pull from the past. The second one is, We pull from Jesus' perspective. We pull from Jesus' perspective. See, what I want you to see is that the disciples, they're on the water. The storms are happening. They're freaking out. What are we going to do? Where is Jesus? Jesus, you left us. Why are you not here? Where are you at? Have you ever had that conversation with God before? I know I have. Where are you at? And they're freaking out in the middle of the lake that was calm but is now uh, crazy and chaotic again. And what I want you to notice in verse 48 is it says that Jesus saw them on the lake. So they didn't see Jesus, but Jesus saw them. See, this morning, I want you to know that whatever you're going through, you may think he's not around you may be thinking jesus why are you not in the boat right now why are you not working the way i want you to work right now where are you at i want you to know this morning that you may not see him but he sees you he sees what you're going through he sees the fear that you have he sees the anxiety that you're going through He sees the storms that are surrounding you. Just because we don't see him moving now does not mean he's not moving. There are some times where we got to just believe in faith that God is working behind the scenes. And so though I may not see it in this moment, God, I believe you're doing something behind the scenes. God, my marriage is still not great, but I believe you're working behind the scenes. God, I don't understand my finances now, but I believe you're working behind the scenes. God, I don't see the healing right now in my body, but I believe you're working behind the scenes. Because he sees you. He sees me. He sees us. But I'm so glad that Jesus' affection for you and for me, it doesn't stop with him just seeing us. Because that would be one thing, wouldn't it? (laughs) Hey, I see you. Like, yo. but Watch what he does. This is the second part of verse 48. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them. So four things to remember when you and I are facing fear and anxiety. The first one, we pull from the past. Second one, we pull from Jesus' perspective. Here's the third one. We pull from Jesus' pursuit. So not only did he see them, but in due time, that's important to understand. Not in my time, but in due time. He came down from the from the shore and and he he pursued them. But I think what's so amazing is how he pursued him. They're going through the storm. The boats in the middle of the water. The storm's happening. The guys are on the boat freaking out. Jesus, he could have been on the shore. Hey, guys, 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 guys. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'm mighty. I'm mighty. I'm mighty. From the shore. But I'm so glad that, that the God of the Bible is one that's willing to get up in my mess. That he's not afraid to get through the storm with me that whatever i'm going through that he's walking hand by hand with me through it and so the text says that jesus he went and walked on the water through the storm as if to say i'm walking it through i'm walking through it with you and if i could walk through it with you and it's not affecting me why are you He's walking with us. Not only does he see what you're going through, but I believe in faith that he's pursuing you and he's willing to walk with it through with you through it because he has something for you. He, he, he needs you for something specific. He needs you, there's something when you were created, there's something that he placed inside of you and there's a purpose and there's a calling that he needs you to get past your fear and anxiety so he can use you. There's something inside of me that I need to get past my fear and anxiety so he can use me to the full degree that he has for me. And so he didn't just see me, but he pursued me. And here's the the fourth one. We pull from Jesus' purpose. We pull from Jesus' purpose. I want to read this, Mark chapter 6 and verse 56. So they're on the boat. They come. Jesus gets on the boat. And uh, Jesus is like, why are you afraid? Like, I don't know. And once again, Jesus calms the storm. They get to the other side. Remember, Jesus, verse 45, he made them get into the boat. There was something that they had to do on the other side that Jesus needed them to get on the boat. Check this out, verse 56. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak. And watch this. All who touched it were healed. All who touched it We're healed. Do you want to know why Jesus wants to get you through the storm? At least one of the reasons why? is because whatever you're going through has the potential to help someone else that's going through the exact same thing. The book of Revelations, it says that we overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb. So what Jesus did for us on the cross. But also by the word of our testimony. You don't have a testimony without having to go through a test. And so Jesus, he needs you to get on the other side. Because he knows that there are people who need hope. He knows that there's people that need healing. He knows that there's people that that, that just need to be loved. He needs you to get on the boat. He he needs you to get on the boat. I think that's one of the beauties of the local church is that we can all assemble together so that we can reach people who need hope, who need healing, who need to be loved. So the apostle Peter, and then I'm closing and we'll, and we'll be done. The apostle Peter guarantee you he was part of both boat accidents, both, both storms, boat storms. And so Peter, he was one of those guys that were freaking out the first time in chapter four of Mark. He guarantee was one of those that were with Jesus on the second in Mark chapter 6. He was, a, he was one of the, the, the disciples that, that faced the fear in the first stage and had anxiety going into the second one. And so if anything, he's building credibility of this idea of what he's about to, to share with us in the letter that he wrote in 1 Peter chapter 5. And it's something that I think that we can all just find comfort in. And here it is. Verse 6 of 1 Peter chapter 5. He says, this is Peter, the one that experienced both storms, both boat rides. He said, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand. It's as if he was reflecting on that time where he was like, uh, when Jesus was like, hey, get on the boat. Nope, I'm not getting on the boat, Jesus. Get on the boat. Nope, I remember last time you told me to get on the boat. Get on the boat. Okay. Humble yourself. Under God's mighty hand. Listen, there comes a time, and this is really Christianity. This is becoming a Jesus follower. When we learn to surrender and submit, not to our own authority, but to the cross, to Jesus. That's Christianity. Like when you say, Jesus, come into my life, it's not saying come into my life kind of and take over. It's like, Lord, be the, Lord is boss. Be the boss of my life. And so Peter, he, he said, hey, humble yourselves Therefore, under God's mighty hand. So he's learning, he's understanding this idea of humility, of humbling yourself. That he may lift you up in due time. So I'm going to humble myself before God. I'm going to trust that he knows what he's doing. Even if I don't see him working in the way that I want him to work, Even if I don't see him in the timing that I need him to work. I know that in due time, he will lift me up. This is Peter. He experienced both boat rides. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God. Mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. And when I can learn to humble myself before God. When I can learn to make Jesus the boss of my life. And when I can learn that just because I don't see him working doesn't mean that he's not working. That if I could just learn to trust him, then I can trust that, verse 7, that I can cast all my cares on him. Because he cares for me. And he cares Whatever you're going through, whatever is causing fear in your life, whatever is causing anxiety in your life, remember, pull from your past. Pull from Jesus' perspective, not yours. Pull from Jesus' pursuit. Pull from Jesus' purpose listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe, and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.